I asked Justin last night, I said, should I keep the robe on? And he said, oh yeah. So, it's not like I'm going to wear it all the time. Sorry, Dave, I'm getting set up here. Um, you know, you do this for a while and you, you think you don't ever get nervous or anything like that, but here I am and I'm, I'm a little... A little nervous. I'm humbled, really. I'm honored um, by you as a body of believers. And I do have a message for us this morning. Um, but thank you for affirming uh, God's call and his working in my life. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 9 this morning. And while you turn there, I do want to recognize uh, some of my family that are here today. Uh, my sister Bridget, uh, my brother-in-law Colby, my niece Avery. My nephew, Cade, um, familiar faces to many of you, my in-laws, Andy Patterson, Janice Patterson, and Mark Whitson, and most especially my supportive husband, Drew, and my beautiful daughter, Mallory. So, um, I also want to reintroduce you to um, some special friends that are like family to me, uh, the family that the Lord worked through, as Randy said, to lead me to him, um, the Faulkners, the, the Reverend Dr. Randy Faulkner and his beautiful, wonderful wife, Connie. Um, God's grace, as Randy said, worked through the Faulkner family. Um, and, and really, in that process, my eyes were opened to the loving presence of God and um, the saving work of Jesus Christ. So, um, thank you for being faithful to the gospel in your sermons. Thank you for being faithful to the gospel uh, in your home. Thank you for being faithful to the gospel in your friendship to me. It's, I'm not exaggerating when I say I am eternally grateful. Um, I, I do also wanna say a special thank you to the ministry board that you saw um, standing up here alongside of me, um, the leadership that they bring to our church, um, the leadership they've given to your church even in this past year, um, especially these past six months, um, to start anew as a church unbound uh, from a denomination, the leadership that you have given has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, so, uh, and then uh, lastly, before I say, the wonderful, wonderfully gifted um, people that I'm honored to serve day in and day out with, Justin and Kristen and Josh. Um, I'm very, very thankful to be on this journey with each and every one of you. So, Porch Community, would you please show your thanks to your church leadership and your staff um, for all that they bring to our church. July 14th, 2019, uh, for some of us it seems like it was a, a blink ago and then it seems like forever ago, three years ago in fact, um, the very first message I preached uh, at the Porch Community Church uh, was the parable of the new wine. And so I chose that passage again today to look at because one, one of the core values of the Porch Community Church is recognizing, recognizing that Jesus came to make things new. Um, I'm very, very thankful that he came to make things new in my life. 
In Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, as Jesus was responding to questions being asked to, as to why he and his disciples did things differently than the other religious people that were around, he, he tells them stories. This is what we've been talking about in this series of how Jesus was trying to impart these really um, uh, deep, uh, meaningful uh, you know, words of truth that would set the trajectory for Christianity. And he often, because we're kind of dense, had to break him down into really simple stories. And so he says this in verse 19 of Matthew 9. He says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, in, in Jesus' day, this was, this was not a strange story for them to hear. They stored wine. They stored things in skins uh, made of animal skins. And, and they would use these animal skins, oftentimes goat skin, to, to store this. And, and fermented drinks like wine, as, as they were fermenting, they would expand and since an old wine skin had already gone through this whole process and had expanded with that wine, to put new wine into this old wine skin would just cause it to burst, as he said in the story. So this is not something that was uh, difficult for them to understand. So Jesus is making a point. He's making a very specific point in Matthew 9. He was here to do something new. Why was he doing something differently than all the other religious people they had seen? Why were his disciples doing things a little bit differently than the other people that they knew to be religious? He came to do something new. He came to do something new. And here's, I think, what I would say is from, from my understanding and study of this is that if anyone tried to make sense of what Jesus was coming to do, and they looked at it through the lens of the old expectations and the old regulations and the way it had been done before, those old wineskins, they would miss the new thing that was happening. They would miss it. Because through Jesus, God was redeeming the world to himself. This is what he was doing. And in the parable, you have this dynamic of old and new and how they just don't fit together. The new Jesus speaks of is incredibly powerful. It, it's, it's ready to change people. It's ready to change every person from, from the inside out. This is the new that Jesus came to establish. He came to make everything new, to transform, to renew our mind, as the scriptures say. So the old patterns, the old religion, the old covenant, if you will, on its own could not bring about that transformation. Jesus was necessary. So what we know is that Jesus is bringing a new, complete message, and it needs to fit into a new reality. Jesus brings a new, complete message, and it needs to fit into a new reality. And that was true then when he spoke that parable, and it is true in this very moment right now. That Jesus, he brings the completion of it all. 
And he, he, he so desperately, God so desperately desires for, for you to take this in as a reality in your life. This is not a, a folk story. This is not, this isn't fiction. This isn't made up. This is very, very real. Now, to be sure, in many ways, as I talk about old and new and how they don't fit together, it, the ministry of Jesus was consistent with the old covenant. It was a fulfillment of the old covenant. It was all that God had revealed and done in the old covenant. But this new wine, Jesus, this new work that he is setting forth that we read about here, it's about the total redemptive work of God through Jesus Christ. So what do we draw from a parable like this? What did those listeners in that moment draw? What do we draw from it today? Well, the gospel is new. The gospel is new. The new wine, it represents Christ. It represents the work that he came to do. That's why it's called the new covenant. This is a new thing that Jesus has come to do in the world. It's a new thing he's come to do in you. It's a new thing that he has done in me. So when you think about this, following Jesus is, is, is new. It is unique. Jesus, why are you doing things differently than, than the way all the other religious people have been doing it? Why are your disciples doing it differently than all the way that we have been doing it? Because he came to do something new and unique, and it is the completion of all that God had set forth to do what? To reconcile us to him. To reconcile us to him. There's never been anyone like Jesus in history, and there never will be. There's no one like him. He's the bridegroom. He's come to seek and to save and to draw in his bride. He is fully God. He was fully man. Anyone who has seen him has seen the glory of God himself in human form. He stands alone. There is no one that can stand beside him in that way. And his advent into this world, it changed history forever. Never the same. Everything impacted by the newness of Jesus Christ. His life, new. His miracles, new. His teachings, unlike any words that anyone had ever spoken or heard, new. New. Who else could say, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last? Who could say that I am the beginning and the end, I am everything? Who could say, I am only Jesus? Who, who else could say, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father? Only Jesus. Who else could say, even before Abraham, I am? Following Jesus could never have fit into the old wineskin. It just couldn't. I mean, once he, he died on the cross and the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That symbolized the end of that old covenant. It was done. It was finished. And what Jesus did is that he made a new way and living for us. He made it where for us that are imperfect, <laughs> so very messed up, <laughs> even with the best of intentions, sinners like you and me, 
He made it possible for us to come right into the presence of a holy God. That's the new wine that Jesus speaks of. He came to make things new. That's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And what he means is for us to be drawn near to him and become a new person. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says this, that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. And the new life has begun. Everything is new. When you become a follower of Jesus. He came to make things new. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for new. Thank you for the new covenant through Jesus Christ. And God, right now I pray for the person who does not yet know you or who isn't sure that where they stand with you. God, for that person, I pray that they would hear this. And when the new wine of the gospel pours into you, you become changed in every respect. You have a new mind. It's called the mind of Christ. You'll think differently about everything, about God, about humanity, about sin, about your life, about your time and your money and your relationships, how you parent, your job, your community. Everything becomes new. (laughs) How are you made new, friend? Jesus has done this for you. You only need to ask him to be your Lord, to surrender your control to confess your sin, to call on his name, the new name, the new wine, Jesus Christ. You pray, Father, forgive me. Thank you for Jesus. I believe he's the way, the truth, and the life. I surrender to you now and am a new person because of Jesus. And Lord, for those of us that do know you, who have walked with you for a time, may we be reminded of the newness that Jesus brings. And Lord, where we have established any old ways, old patterns, old wineskins that cannot receive or contain your continual newness and redemption, would you make that obvious to us now in the name of Jesus? May we confess any ways that have made our hearts hardened or pharisaical towards your gospel. For our church, the porch community, would you give us eyes to see all around us those who are in need of the hope and the truth of Jesus and make us unashamed of your gospel. And Lord, whether whether it's tangible, practical things like the the backpacks that we can get and, and fill up and help our students in our community. Or maybe it's more intangible things like our attitudes and our actions, our words, our very lives. In all these ways, may we represent the power and the majesty, the truth, the hope, the life, the promise of Jesus Christ. 
because he came to make things new. And it's in his name we pray all these things. And God's people said, amen.